Hello and welcome to Two Bros Talking Sports Podcast with your host, Sam Butts, and my stepbrother, Travis Dion. This is episode 25 of this week in sports. Travis, let's first start off. How has your week been? Uh, what's been going on? What are you excited to talk about today? It's been an emotional up and down roller coaster between the Celtics, clearly being the better basketball team and not figuring out how to win a basketball game up until game three. Um, and I don't know about you, you're obviously on the West Coast, but... Yesterday, Sunday, magical day. That felt like the first New England day of fall with football. Beautiful, beautiful afternoon. Weather was nice and crisp. Windows were open. It was, uh, it was a good day for football. Well, it didn't feel like that here in San Diego. It was warm. Um, and I loved it, every, every second of it. Uh, but, yes, uh, it did kind of feel, you know, at night it's getting a little cooler. Patriots game is a late game. Obviously, being out here on the West Coast against Seattle, and so we got to take in, uh, you know, the sunset going. It cools down. You get to watch the game um, out and about. So wasn't bad there. Uh, but, yes, you know, we'll, we'll dive in first. I think this is going to be a pretty concise uh, episode for us, being that, uh, you know, we can talk Celtics, um, what we saw in the first few games, uh, what we might see going forward, and then obviously Patriots and, and some, some of the stuff around the league. As far as the NFL, there's a lot of storylines going on everywhere. But uh, let's start with the NBA first. Um, let's start with the Celtics in the first two games. As you mentioned, they pulled a, uh, a Clippers in the first two games uh, and blew some big leads um, almost to the point. Game two was like heart crushing for me because yeah. they looked so amazing in one half. They let down just a tiny bit at the very end of that first half. I'm like, hey, if they're playing like this, it's going to be fantastic. And they came out, and they – I hadn't seen them play that bad all year, I don't think. Between turnovers, not getting rebounds, um, the wrong people shooting at the wrong times. I, uh, You know, talk to me about, um, you know, production, what we saw game one and two. And then let's also then go into game three, what we saw from – you know, obviously our big three, uh, Gordon Hayward's return, what what you liked from game three that we didn't see in the first two games other than just, hey, we didn't close the deal. We didn't, we didn't end this game the way we should have. I'm holding on hope that this just becomes a 4-2, 4-2 series. Celtics just reel off four straight because it's, I mean, obviously huge Celtics homers here, but like, Objectively speaking, and you listen to any analyst, like the Celtics are clearly the more talented basketball team. The Heat have just out-executed them at critical moments of the game. And then they've just out-efforted them. Like Jimmy Butler, some of those plays Jimmy Butler's making, like his stat line's not ridiculous, but he's making effort plays. Tyler Hero apparently is like white Jesus out there. Um, <laughs> if, if there's any more of a Miami dude than Tyler Hero, I don't think there is. Um, and then, you know, Duncan Robinson had a terrible game one. Game two, couldn't miss. Or was it game three? I can't remember. He was just hitting everything. And, like, and that's they, that one shot he caught, it might have been game two, literally caught it like he didn't even touch his hands. It was just like it was a pop shot um, and nothing but net. But ultimately, the Celtics were just getting out-rebounded, out-hustled. And it, it's been like a tale of two cities with them, I feel like. They either dominate or it's just like you should have dominated, but it was a big letdown. It's weird. You know, like game three, you know, we talked about, you mentioned Gordon Hayward come back. They pretty much controlled that game the entire game. 
there's no doubt that they were going to win. That. Again, they kind of let him back into it a little bit, but there's no doubt from like right off the bat, you could tell they got this one. Just consistent effort. And I don't understand the whole play a full 48. Like, dude, you're making millions of dollars. Just play a full 48. Stop like, I don't know why, like three minutes, eh, we got it. We'll just take three minutes off here. Next thing you know, it's like a seven to one run. It's like, oh, shit. I know Jalen just elbowing dudes and giving some, giving some chances. But, you know, it, it's one of those things where, as you said, they let, a little bit let down at the very end of the game, but for the most part controlled the entire game. They were in place. They were in position in the first and second games to do the exact same things. And so uh, after the first time, I think you could walk out of that game being like, okay, yeah, it sucks that we lost. I think that we can still have confidence knowing that our players can step up when they need to. You know, our Tatum is just taking leaps and bounds, keeps growing each and every round, I feel like. Um, obviously, when you do it again the second game, you're down into a hole. Um, we saw all the reports. We don't know how much of it's fact and fiction. But we saw a lot of the reports, which I, I, I do think there's a lot of truth behind it, uh, with the internal – um, you know, we were texting at the end of game two where you know, the end of the game and not completely out of it, but you kind of shoot your way out of it. If Marcus Smart's your guy going, not to say that he hasn't been playing well this playoffs, God, that pissed me but, so much. but it almost felt like he was doing that in spite um, at times. And then, you, you know, I, I could see, I, you know, I, for, for me, it could be easy for me to see them going into the locker room, Marcus saying something, and then uh, someone like Jalen coming back who, who didn't have a, as great a game that game, and just a little bit of knocking heads. It, it sucks to lose. I get that. But with that, you know, between us growing up with some pretty high-level teams um, with hockey, of course, and then, and then college for me and baseball, it's like you're going to have those internal rips. They're going to happen. It's just part of the team culture, but it's just really what's most important to look at is the response from that. Like something like that can really clean the air, freshen things up and make it. So it's like, okay, we got that behind us. Now let's go, let's go to work or Hey, it could lead to some further imploding, which luckily it looked like they came out. They knew that their back was up against the wall. They got nothing to lose at this point. So, um, well, other than the series, I guess, if they lose that game. But now that they win, they obviously have this long break um, between now and, and Wednesday. Everyone's asking me why, and I'm like, I don't know, because the Western has to catch up or something. Um, no, you don't know why. Because ESPN has the entire Eastern Conference, and they were scheduled to play Monday night, but they didn't want to bump Drew Brees against Vegas at the new stadium. Oh, yeah. So they, had to, they couldn't bump Monday Night Football. Now let me so, ask you this. What, do you enjoy ESPN – versus TNT. You know who I don't enjoy is Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson, he's pretty good. Sometimes he says some shit that it's like, dude, that was like the most obvious thing you could say in this situation. You're not really doing much here for me. Where like I like Van Gundy. Van Gundy's great. Which like, one? He's gonna be a head coach soon. Well I like them both. I like them both. Yeah. I mean they're both they're both great. Um and you can tell they think the game like a coach. Mark Jackson can think the game like a coach, but there's a reason that Steve Kerr's coached the Warriors right now and not Mark Jackson. Um Hey, give him a little credit. He gave Curry some freedom in the back in the day to shoot. Yeah, but as, know, they, I, as they've been saying, as we'll switch it over here shortly, like, hey, let's let Russell West, uh, Wilson cook. 
Apparently yeah. that's a new thing. Let's let him cook. Well, they, you know, Mark Jackson was like original person who let Steph Curry start cooking yeah. a little bit. Watching Russell Wilson cook is a lot of fun to watch. I'll tell you yeah. that much. Um, well, we'll get to that. He's fantastic. But I do like their call. I, I do like their calls typically. They're, they're typically pretty good. And they're cool. typically unbiased. They're not like, you know, they're not favoring one team or the other. And, and they're, you know, my favorite's like when they're like, that's a foul. That was definitely a foul. Clearly a foul. Ref missed it. Move on, play. Um, that's the other thing that pissed me off too about the Celtics fan. God, if if like Daniel Tice, love him, hate him. He's he's a pretty solid player for the Celtics, but he gets every call against him. But then on the flip side, he bitches about every call. They're all like yeah. that. They all do it. The only one that doesn't is Jalen Brown. Yeah, Kemba even does it, and rightfully so. Kemba gets hacked all the time, never gets a call, which is surprising to me because at this sure. point you think he would get those calls. And um, it's also tough when you're Kemba and you're not playing as well. Obviously, yeah. this past game, he he played a little more like we would expect. and But he had a little tough stretch uh, game one and two and that extended back to the, the series before in Toronto. Um, I'm sure that even makes it a little more frustrating uh, if you're not getting those calls. So you, you're going to be kind of complaining for him. But it's not – yeah, I, I agree. It's not something we typically see from – uh, the Celtics. Jason Tatum does it all goddamn time. Love to watch him too, but God, he, like, I mean, you saw the report, like, before the bubble even happened, like, where he was upset he wasn't getting the quote-unquote superstar calls because he felt he's at that point now, but it's like, dude, yes, you are unfucking believable but you're still only 22 years old, and it's the playoffs. If yeah, I, was about to say, play, I was about to say, I think there's, like, there's that, that set, there's a top level of players that it's like, you can excuse it, like the James Harden's the the you know the LeBron James is like at that point you know go complain your ass off because you're the best player on the court and but yeah right. it, it might be a little it might be a little uh, a little too soon um, Tatum go earn it go go show them that you know I actually the part that I respect most from players are the ones that don't complain very often but that when they do complain. The ref typically it has an actual effect on it because the ref will typically be like, "Oh shit! If this guy doesn't, you you know, this guy doesn't usually say anything. He'll be the first one to raise his hand or whatever." But if he's arguing, it probably means that. Well, that's what's happened. funny, and it's, you see that with Kemba. Kemba, I mean, that dude never argues a call. He normally just gets back up, smiles about it, like I knew you were wrong, but I'm just gonna laugh mm-hmm. it off. But then, like in the moment, like you know, Toronto game where it clearly got fouled, last seminar report said. He got fouled. Um, you know, he's sitting there clapping his hands and, like, flying around. I'm like, but that's rightfully so. Hate him in the other hand every time he goes to the hole. It's like, dude, he's gotten better. He's definitely gotten better rather than, like, flailing his arms around. He'll just wave it off and run back on defense. That's the one thing that's made Tatum so damn good is, like, he's been so great defensively. Yeah. I still got a lot of faith in the Celtics team, man. The Heat are yeah. good. Don't get me wrong. But well, it's it's funny that we're talking about this because as soon as we started talking about this, you got you probably did too the Bleacher Report notification that the oh, yeah. C Seth locker room drama can't their post video fighting smart at the pool. Um, so now they can laugh about it. Of course, winning is always a, an awesome cure to start. Um, Gordon Hayward, welcome back. You know, uh, I think I was most the most impressive. Uh, he played a good. He had small all around stats. But the th- the stat that really I'm most excited about was the 29 minutes that he played. You know, yeah, I, I, I wasn't sure if they were going to cap him at like a 20 or pushing 20. But no, they, it seemed like they, they felt comfortable putting him out there, meaning 
it's not like a premature move. He's not feeling like a pressure to come back. My thing is here too. You just need to play him. You have to win. Now you have to win seven games to win an NBA championship. Most likely the season's going to end and who knows when the season's going to start again. Like if you're comfortable to play, play him 30 minutes a game. Because like you said, there wasn't a, and that's the thing with Hayward that everyone gives him shit because he has a $30 million year contract. So they all expect him to be a, you know, 25 and five player. Like the dude averaged what, 17, seven and four, which is pretty damn good. And I think I could argue that so much. I could argue if he played a little bit more um, of his season, the way that he did sort of like that second half of the the normal season, I guess we had, um, he could have been potentially knocking on all-star type looks. Oh, this year before he got hurt against San Antonio and like broke his hand or whatever he did, he was definitely on track to probably be right in that conversation. Like they were talking like with Celtics have four all-stars because um, he was that, that good. And he's like quietly super efficient, but you see, and then we, I think we mentioned this last episode when I was talking about it. He's one of the best at getting through a zone, the zone buster, mm. if you will, you know, catching the ball, not hesitating, driving through and making the defense have to help and rotate and breaking the zone. No one else can do that really. Jalen Brown has a quick first step, but he doesn't have the passing instincts that, you, that Hayward does. And Jason Tatum is still not quite there yet. You can see he's definitely getting better at it, but if Kemba can't get by a guy, which we've seen plenty of times, they've just zoned him up and he just can't get by Zone, yeah. But Gordon Hayward's just a big body, burly, and he makes a lot of plays with Pete. So that's why it's exciting that he's back. An amazing mustache. Yeah. And he's got a great uh, But he is a great – he's a great play. For, he has that first step. He drives – what I like about him, too, is that um, he'll drive with the intention of going to the bucket, but he's always got, you know, that, that spatial awareness where he'll kick it out. And he's just a, such a good – I think he had that great pass to Tice. So I, I think there was one uh, that he just fed it in there. Pocket and, pass, man. Yeah, he just has that awesome thing. Um, the thing that I'm looking at going into game four, obviously I, I think he can – impacted even more he's huge off the bench man that's you can he's massive that's that's where you can bury these games you get up by the 17 the 18 and you have him leading the way off the bench. it's like that's something that can fuel some confidence um i think the one thing that gets them into trouble and and it's gonna happen you got bam bam out there um doing his thing and so you got to kind of understand that he's going to get his but the 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 defensive rebounding, um, the effort, it's effort. You know, like you said, it, it's, it comes down to hey, where Jimmy Buff, Jim Lee Butler is their, their leader. And uh, if he's showing that much effort, everyone else is going to follow. And it's showing up in the defensive boards. When, when the Heat have got their runs back in the game, it's just been poor boards. It's been frustrating to watch because they have like a good defensive possession get an off or they get an offensive rebound kick it out to some wide open person like freaking Jay Crowder who decided he's going to hit all these freaking shots this series and uh and they they put it in there so it's like uh all that for not you know that effort like for 24 seconds Crowder and Brown have been going at it quietly throughout the series there's been some players where like he gets by him and kind of almost or dunked on him the other day and you could see like mm. like I'm still better than you just so you know and yeah. much better than you and I guess we haven't talked uh, since that game one, uh, the overtime, the block. That was that was honestly one of the best defensive plays to to end it, like seal a game 
Yeah, that was them. Nice. Um, the only thing I will say this, and I, I know I talked to you or texted you back and forth, was I wish at the end of regulation that Tatum would have done that driving um, rather than settle for that, that long three. Which you yeah, never over, see him over pull Derek up Jones Jr., who he's so it'd be much one thing if you, Exactly. It'd be one thing if you saw him doing that consistently during the games and stuff. I know it's a sexy way to win, but – You want his Luka like Tatum, moment, man. Yeah, Tatum's, Tatum's thing, though, his – he could drive it, take it to the basket like he did. Obviously, he was blocked that time, but, like, you're not going to avoid doing that. Next time, you probably have it in. Um, or you – you're, you know, obviously he showed us in his first, I think we complained mostly the, last, the first couple of years of Tatum's career was he was settling for too many mid-range, you know, jump shots when he could have just stepped outside. He could have done his little Kemba moment, a little step back type thing. I would have felt more confident with that than a three that we all knew was coming. If we knew it was coming, defender knew it was coming. So um, I think I would have just liked to see that, that drive to the basket, that killer instinct. Um, at the end of regulation, and it, it could have been – who knows? It, it might not have changed anything, but um, that's where I wanted to kind of end my take there. Uh, was there anything you wanted to add before we moved on? I'll just look on the other side real quick. Obviously, Lakers and, um, and, and Denver, but is there anything you wanted to add about uh, that series? Obviously, the game's coming up Wednesday. No, just critical game four. Cool. Cool. And we won't go into too, too much discussion, but I did want to talk about – Hey, the Lakers look really good. I did, I did want to ask you, do you think Denver's, you know, now that they met their match here as far as, hey, we can't get in a 3-1 hole and expect to come out of this one? Yeah, I, I mean, I bet you Denver um, will actually come in and, like, make it a series. I don't think it's just going to be a sweep. I mean, I could be wrong. Yeah. But Andy Davis is just so freaking good basketball. Yeah, I was watching some of that last night, some of the game, because um, it was on the TV uh, next to the past game. And it was interesting. It was uh, – it's just really tough. I, do I think there's – you know, you look on the east side between Miami or Boston, whoever comes out of that I think will rightfully earn a ch- you know, earn their position to, to challenge uh, the that world champion um, title. But – I think as far as what the 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 Heat and the Celtics they have both have star uh, star power they all, they both have depth which is you know uh, a big thing to have um, I can't believe how great Drag has been playing but um, I think it's you know Lakers might I guess you could say maybe their depth is what's hurting them but whenever you can put AD and LeBron on the court at the same time. It's almost unfair in my eyes. Yeah, it is a little bit unfair. Anthony Davis has been – like, it's amazing. I, I, I mean, I, it's LeBron James. He's obviously – he's in, on the back nine of his career here. He's still one of the best, you know, five basketball players in the world. Yeah. Like, this is Anthony Davis's team. Let's be real. You know? Like, LeBron James looked absolutely gassed in, in game two in the second half. Meanwhile, Anthony Davis is just calling Kobe. And just had the game winning three. <laughs> well, even LeBron, you know how much you know he cleaned out Tucker. You see yeah, that? Yeah. He absolutely <laughs> murdered him as he tried to jump up with him. You, you know what I actually looked at when I when I saw that uh, shot go in? I looked for LeBron's reaction. He had like a gassed, like thankful, happy, but he did look tired. He just kind of put his hands up, biggest smile in the world. 
you could tell obviously he's super happy for the team and the win but you could i think there's two things you could take that one that like you said he's, he is gassed i mean how many how many years in a row did this guy play the, the last you know to the nba finals and then um and then another thing too i think he he mentioned it in his press conference i think he really while he was obviously so happy and understands what he's playing for, but I think LeBron really understands that it's so different without uh, the Staples Center going nuts to win that. You know, like he, yeah. I feel like part of LeBron feels that AD deserved that. <laughs> um, the the roof going off the the Staples Center, um, and it's just a reminder that. You know, I hope I hope all of this all of this clears up soon enough, and maybe we see it over the course of the NFL season, where more and more fans are allowed. We're getting a little bit back because um, I do have to agree that that's something that would have been just made that moment would have made the Luca moment. All of these, whether it was at home or away, whether it electric you know electrified everybody or just you could hear a pin drop. It's it's the same type of feeling either way. Um, and if you even wanted to, we're not going to touch on it much, but um, I think that's something that's drawing my interest away from the Stanley Cup finals, for, for instance. Oh, it's um, totally different. I agree with that sentiment. And, uh, you know, and so, but all in all, I, I, I uh, that was, it was interesting that you, you mentioned it because that was one of the first things I, I looked for. And uh, he did look a little gassed. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, He's going to win six more games now. <laughs> six more. Um, well, those are obviously the only two teams that we got going on, so don't have to dive too much deeper in that. Um, obviously, next time we talk, a lot more will be figured out. We'll either be trending way up or, uh, you know, hopefully crossing our fingers that we're not – you know, it, some, something could happen. We'll, we'll see. Um, my hope is that they play a lot like they did uh, – couple days a couple nights ago here um let's go over to nfl football so we had a full another full day of football um let's begin with the patriots versus seattle something that um i know we were texting a little bit last night i did have some hope in it i think because my expectations are so low and not that I don't think they can win, not that I don't believe in them, but, but you can get rid of those expectations. It kind of feels nice. You, you feel a little lighter going into these games. And oh, so yeah, you're I had, going I had no hope they were going to win last night. Never mind. Exactly. Make it this close of a game. But I, I truly, you know, while I, I might not have had hope of winning that game, especially since Seattle is, is um, dare I say, underrated, uh, I, I, I don't think they're getting as much respect as – um, maybe they should. I, I know all a lot of the the people want to give, rightfully so, the Ravens and and the Chiefs. But um, hey, this is a championship caliber Seattle team, and you knew that going into there. Um, and you're, <laughs> but I believe in Cam Newton. Um, I do. I, I there's I'm a hundred percent bought in on him. Uh, but I I wasn't sure what we were going to see, and what we saw was a phenomenal football game. I guess we shouldn't have expected anything less based on, you know, the, the prior meetings. But to have your Friday night lights moment and lose at like the one yard line, hey, I, I woke up okay with that. I woke up 
uh, encouraged by that. What was your thoughts? I think, yeah, I mean, I wasn't upset they lost. I think other times they'd be like, God damn, we should have won that game. Um, but like you said, there's no more expectations this year. So I think it is kind of fun to sit back and watch and like, oh, they're doing okay. This is great. Um, or oh, they're getting torched. Eh, whatever. Um, but just think on the flip side. Like, clearly everyone – it's funny. I was listening to, like, Boston Sports Radio, and none of those guys are, uh, you know, moral victory type of guys. It's like, you lost. It doesn't mean shit. There's no moral victories. I think all of them are like, I hate it, but we're we're in the moral victory crowd right now just because Cam Newton looks so good, and it is almost a moral victory. Um, but, like, on the flip side of that, had he somehow just, like, bounced it outside like you said he did, or – you know, maybe they, like, ran a different play and a different look to not just, like, clearly Cam Newton is running this ball and try to stop it, and they stopped it. Maybe, like, put some receivers in the field and, like, give the threat of a pass or something because, like, they just were able to gang up. Um, but had he scored, think how different it would be. I mean, everyone's, oh. like, like I said, moral victory. Like, defense looked terrible. That's a big issue. But Cam Newton threw for almost 400 yards passing. Had what was he like seven to seven on third and five or something? Like had yeah. two ridiculously long drives to get them back in the football game. Like two minute drills. And then almost won the football game. But had he won the game, I think every Patriots fan would be like, Super Bowl, you're going <laughs> We're happening. We're so selfish. We're so greedy. Um first off with the play decision the play call at the end there, I get I would call that 10 out of 10 times. Well, um, I agree. It's the bread and butter. But like I said, I do think we could have learned or we, I, I have, I don't, I've never called a football play in my life. Okay. Um, other than engage eight and fucking Madden. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that one play that they scored a touchdown early in the game, it just looked like a great play. It looked like a great option. It seemed like a run first. Cam Newton saw his gap close and, they they leaked off one of his uh, I think he was probably acting as their tight end at the time. He was their he, fullback. He went yeah. to went to block and then, and then got off and he was wide open. So um, I did see they had some guys acting as like wide receiver on the other side of the field. So maybe if it would have again, I can't question that because at the end of the day, you have Cam Newton who's what two hundred sixty pounds. Um, it's really surprising me then. Not necessarily a sweep, but like a counter. Just like pull a guard, you know, and just bounce it outside. You can't tell me Cam Newton being six six, you know, someone couldn't set an edge and he couldn't get his ass to that pylon for three yards or barrel through someone. Like I don't know. It's they were one definitely... of those things. They blew through one of the the, the tackles. They they blew through one of the, um, you know. I forget who it was, but he blew through his his tackle assignment. Yeah, it was, it was, and uh, so it, it closed that initial gap. And then obviously, you know, much respect to Cam Newton for coming out. And even though he, I don't think he, he win and lose as a team, he, he wanted to put it on himself that he could have bounced that outside, which it happened so quick that who knows? He goes to the outside and the guy gets in there too. So, um, but that's who I want the ball in his hands at that point. Um, yeah, all in all, obviously the result was kind of a bummer, but the whole game leading up there, first and foremost, starting the game, you just just realized really, really quickly that that uh, you know the game. It, there's more. 
important things than just football. Um, obviously, James White, yeah, seeing that news and that must have been tough for the players. Obviously, knowing that and um, you saw it off of the first, sorry, the daily motorcycle that passes. Um, you saw that, you know, even that first pick six, um, giving some love to two eight James White. Um, so obviously thoughts, uh, some thoughts to him. Um, but no, they came out and, uh, I, I want you to talk about the take you, you you were talking about Edelman. You don't think he can sustain, um, these up the middle type things. Fat chance. I mean, he's already limited in practice each week at this point. He's questionable going into the game. And then what do you have like 180 something receiving yards? It was some absurd, I don't know what the exact, it was some absurd, certainly high stat line. Um, I mean, I'm sure he loved getting the ball that much, but he took some big hits. He won, he landed on his neck at like the goal line. That didn't look great. You could mm. tell he was absolutely exhausted too. He kept looking up, like looking up to the scoreboard, like, oh my God, I can't even breathe anymore. Um, right. And if, if they continue to play like this, and this, this is where I'll be interested to see how things shape up with Cam Newton. Granted, Julian Edelman is at the challenge of his career, but like Cam Newton's going to feed him as much as he possibly can with mm. reckless abandon for his actual well-being because he's trying to put up the stats and win his football games. And that's what Julian Edelman's yeah. trying to do too. Don't get me wrong. But like, you know, there are some throws probably if Brady was still here, like, yeah, it's week two. I'm not worrying about this. If we don't make the pass, it's fine. Um, and, I mean, shit, that pass that he hummed through Julian Edelman's hands right at the goal line there before they oh, had it. That thing was the a timing. Mess. The timing was just off, yeah. a little bit too mustered up behind the ball, which, hey, I love seeing. That's He's the biggest question. He's driving the football, man. His, his arm looked great. Slinging it out of there. That's That was a big question a lot of people obviously had coming into this. His shoulder completely healthy. I know he was trying to re- rehab from his foot and all that. But I think he put that – to bed right now um hopefully he's feeling good but uh yeah he gave that a little bit too much pepper uh i think julian kind of uh went up for it or turned just a little bit too that's that's something that comes but yeah that would have been big yeah edelman had 179 yards receiving pretty good and that super that superman catch was phenomenal uh he did incorporate harry a little bit um more this game I think he'll continue to incorporate Harry. Harry just needs to figure out how to break tackles. Yeah, he got hit. He got popped pretty hard in that game. Um, he did make some big throws. I think, my, honestly, if there's one takeaway from that game, it's that Cam Newton scored, went over, did the Wakanda and the Superman, and then had to run back, do it all over again, <laughs> and then kind of just, like, half-ass the motions. To do I, my, favorite th- my favorite thing, though, is, like, I think they're all going to it because it's like the first time they can actually watch themselves yeah. celebrate. They don't, yeah. they never get that opportunity. So there's been some uh, good celebrations. I mean, the Juju's, I don't know if you just talking about celebrations, the Juju Smith Schuster one where he found the camera pylon and like posed <laughs> for it with his feet up behind him. That was great. Um, I like him a lot. But yeah, I, you know, come, come down to it as far as Patriot fans, encouraging signs. I think um, we weren't sure what type of team we're going to field out there. Um, obviously some things to figure out defensively um, as would any team who, who lost a couple big players out to opting out. Uh, and, but you got to be encouraged by it. Let's, let's talk real quick. You know, first off, how on earth has Russell Wilson um, never had an MVP vote? That blows my mind. Uh, the guy is, is just 
he's the epitome of of consistency. This might he's be the year, man. This. This, this, you know, this kind of is like a flashback as they were talking about in the game, a flashback a few years ago to when both these guys were, you know, Seattle was a championship team and both of them were MVP caliber quarterbacks, um, Cam Newton being an MVP that year. And then fast forward to now, both of them showed out. But, I mean, you look at his numbers and outside of that pick six, that wasn't really his fault. There was nothing against him. You can't do anything to stop him. No. <laughs> I don't know what his completion percentage was, but he was unbelievable, man. He's he's just so fun to watch. I wish I obviously I don't I don't know if NFL Reds or anything, but like I would just watch every one of the Seattle Seahawks games just because he is so fun to watch. Yeah, that's the benefits of being out west. You can see the late games even at like five, but um, he's been he's been uh, so good. He's got a really athletic core around him. Um, when is Josh Gordon? Is he on? He's on is? the team. Oh, he is. I think so. Oh, he's, I know he's on it, but. I don't know if he's ever going to play. Anyways, DJ. Hey, uh, Metcalf. Yeah. They're making, they're making everyone look foolish last year for thinking he was just some combine. You see that picture of him jump? Like, his waist was over the freaking uh, uh, field goal post. Oh, yeah. That was, a, that was an insane picture. He's crazy. Um, that dude's Superhuman, but let's uh, let's bounce around uh, around. I'm not sure how much football you get to watch yesterday. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see as much as I would have liked to. Um, I did get to see some of the you know the end of you know that that crazy Texas Texas. Oh no, Texas is in Texas, but the Dallas game. Um, I got to watch um, without expecting it. I got to see Justin Herbert get his first start, and he looked actually pretty. He looked good. very good. Uh, he looked comfortable. He looked like he, he didn't look like a rookie in his first he was game having against fun, Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he's definitely having fun out there. Um, yeah, I mean the biggest thing, and we talked about it before, is just the crazy amount of injuries, and not to minor <sighs> players either. There's some crazy, like Barkley, McCaffrey, Cortland Sutton for the Broncos, Bosa, Solomon Thomas, Garoppolo. Like pretty much the entire 49ers team got hurt. <laughs> um, you know, there, there were a lot of major injuries yesterday. And Walk got hurt, too. I watched, I was watching that game, and I was like, oh, dude, he just broke his wrist the way he got tackled. Luckily, he – I don't know if you saw that play at all. But he – first of all, this is a second-year quarterback mistake. Like, you should have just thrown the ball away. Um, instead, he kind of gets his feet tripped up, stumbles, puts his left arm down, puts the ball in his right hand, obviously. And it's, like, really awkward angle. Guy's still chasing him. And, like, if a guy tackles him there, his whole forearm is just breaking the other way. Luckily, the guy didn't get him at that point. But then he kind of threw it diving, and the guy tackled him. His hand just got cut on him. So, I'm like, this guy definitely just broke his wrist. But it, it, he sprained his AC joint, which I've done. And it's a painful-ass injury. Um, yeah, but that's man. another big one. The Broncos have I think – I know. And if things, if things continue this way, early on at least – and you, you'd hope and expect that they level off. And we were talking about this right before we started recording. Yes, I, I think you're going to hear dialogue from people talking about that's because we didn't have a preseason, uh, even though for so many years we've been talking about why are we playing all these preseason games? We don't need to be playing this, so maybe finding some happy medium. But as you mentioned, uh, the injuries we're seeing currently are a lot of times are the injuries that I think we would – 
we were seeing in the preseason. So I don't know if there's any way to escape this type of. I don't think um, there is. You it's know, just I, the fact there was not a lot of build up to the season, and like we had mentioned, you see all these injuries in the preseason before the season even starts, like the first week of training camp. And you didn't see a lot of these in training camp because there was a slow build up. They weren't trying to, you know, had they just like hit it right away, you'd see a lot more soft tissue injuries and, you know, non-contact injuries. But like some of these, like McCaffrey had a high ankle sprain. That could happen to anyone. It's football. You get rolled up. Same thing with Barkley. Just a weird. Same thing happened to Michael Thomas with Michael Thomas. Same thing. Um, I don't even know what happened. I, I was watching the Broncos game. We were flipping back and forth between that and the Bucks game. I didn't see the play that Cortland Sutton got hurt, but um, obviously very, very critical player for the Denver Broncos offense. Um, but I think it was quote-unquote, yay, tore up his knee. So whatever that means, because that's, that's mm. worse than an ACL injury. I don't know what that means when you, you tear up your knee. Um, no. But I don't know. I, I, I don't know if there's something to be said. Obviously, there's been some uh, rumblings about the turf in New York where the Jets and Giants obviously share a stadium. Um, I don't know if that's just a response to just an absolutely unlucky day uh, for the 49ers who um, play there again this week. Uh, so even if it wasn't the turf, just that mental part, that mental block, if that's what you have your, your, you know, as your reasoning behind it, uh, it kind of is a little bit scary to see that. And unfortunately, you know what it does? It just takes away, hey, you get North Carolina, you, know, you get Carolina this year, who is already going to be a tough thing. Their defense was not going to keep them winning games. Christian McCaffrey is the guy you want to see. And he's gone. Um, so again, I, I, I don't really know how much um, to take, to make out of this only being two weeks in. Um, but some strange things. The first week of football, no one could hit a field goal uh, or an extra kick. And then this year, this week, everyone's getting hurt. Um, I'm not even going to try to guess what happens this coming week. But, um, yeah, anything else around the league that you can think of, NFL, that you want to talk about? Any, any teams in particular that? Um, I mean, the Ravens look really scary. I know uh, what what's coming up for the Patriots here. Is this? I don't know. They play the Raiders next week, and then I think yeah. maybe the Chiefs after that. Yeah. Well, yeah, they have that, and then I think they have a divisional game, and then they play like the Ravens right after that. So a lot of tests for the Patriots. And again, without the expectation, it's a little more exciting, a little more fun to watch. Um, they maybe manage to just keep getting better, keep getting better by the end of the year that we're maybe making a playoff push. Um, let's uh, kind of scope out the re- – you know, we said there was going to be a little bit of a concise uh, episode today, but let's kind of scope out. We do have the Stanley Cup um, going on. I did check in a little bit to game one. Uh, Dallas ended up kind of dominating that game. Uh, some big saves for uh, Dallas Netminer and all that stuff, but – uh, like I said, it's tough. And I, I feel bad for these two teams. They're Sunbelt teams. Um, this would be great if they had home, you know, they were traveling back and forth, had their home behind them. I bet if you asked anybody in Dallas right now uh, what their sport priority, they tell you it's the Cowboys, which unfortunately, uh, you know, you got your team playing for 
the whole shebang and uh, probably not as many people watching it as you would hope competing with three other major sports going on right now in Edmonton where there's no fans. Um, But it is the Stanley cup. It's still, you're still playing for something great. Dallas kind of putting it to them the first game. I'll probably check in a little bit with that. Um, And then also tonight is uh, the first game at the new Las Vegas stadium for the Raiders. So I'll be, I'll be checking that out. Yeah. Excited to see what that looks like on TV. Yeah, um, be very cool. Hey, uh, congrats to Bryson DeChambeau winning the U.S. Open. Watched a little bit of that. He kind of, you know, I, I do appreciate. He, he is notorious for slow play and uh, some temper tantrums now and then. But uh, I, I like him. Uh, he kind of put it to all the players who said, oh, this is a course that if you don't hit the fairway, you can't. Well, he didn't hit many fairways, but he hit it a long way up there and kind of put it to everybody. and. Won it, won it pretty easy. Um, that happened this week, and that's all I can really think of. Um, unless you can think of anything, what else you been paying, been paying attention to? Any movies? Any TV shows? Anything sports or unsports related? Pretty excited for the new Fargo to come out on FX. And if you watch any Fargo. That's one of those things we never watch. And then, obviously, the quarantine, it's like you just run out of stuff to watch. <laughs> I mean, we watched the first season, really good. I understand why it won so many awards. Season two, just as good. Season three, pretty slow. I've not finished that yet. But it's an anthology series. So you really, like, if you don't want to watch season three, you, just, you don't need to watch it because it's unrelated <laughs> to any other season. Um, but this one looks really good. Chris Rock's in it. It's a lot more American um, or African-American heavy cast. Um, considering it's mostly been a, a white heavy cast just because it's like mm. Minnesota Fargo. and Fargo, North Dakota and, you know, those kind of areas of the country. Um, but this one, I think, is more bootlegging type deal. So it'd be interesting to watch. Um, and so it's, it's always really well written, too. Nice. Um, I, you know, the series I just kind of started into, I've been taking it super slow, not much of a binging uh, feel right now, but uh, I've been watching The Boys. Amazon Prime. Yeah, we, we that, uh, caught up on that. Now that's it's interesting. Forward. It's so good. I love. It's yeah. an interesting take. I didn't know what I'd think of it. I'm like another comic book spinoff. Yeah, there we go. But I'm watching it. it take on all of the you know the, the superheroes that all these movies are made of. Also, just. A take on celebrities, a take on politics, a take on religion, take on all of these things putting together. Um, it makes for you know, sort of a Deadpool-y type feel to it. Yeah. It puts together uh, a pretty cool, uh, cool, cool group of characters um, that I thought they did a pretty good job. So I'm, I'm pretty, pretty new into that and uh, enjoying it. Yeah. Now it's the point where it premieres every Friday. So you kind of have to, we were, we caught up to the, current moment damn we have to wait till friday now um but it's good it's really good this slow roll so i guess it's i I guess it's good that i got into it i'm taking it pretty slow here um but that's pretty much it man i i'm I'm obviously really anxious for wednesday you and i will be sitting right up in front of that tv texting each (laughs) other back and forth uh good and the bad um so really excited that we can digest and then get into that um, next time we talk sometime, probably end of next weekend or uh, the following Monday. 
Um, but until then, um, unless you have anything else you want to add, I'm going to sign us off. Uh, we appreciate everybody for um, taking the time to listen this far. And uh, this was episode 25 of the Two Bros Talking Sports podcast. And we appreciate your listening time. Until next week, we'll talk to you soon.